So my friend, Stephen Claremont, who works over at Change Research, which is a polling company, they did some, they did a, a really interesting survey with, with Teen Vogue. And they've been doing a few of those over the years recently. And I, what's important about these Teen Vogue polls is that they actually are plumbing, you know, the relationship between the political and the personal. Uh, I feel like that a lot of public opinion polling doesn't do that very much. I just thought it was such an interesting survey because basically what it was adults 18 to 35 and they found all kinds of interesting things. And it was really kind of interesting, some of the things that they had. So they asked people, what is a red flag for you? And what's a green flag for you? And I was telling Stephen that I, I wish they had put a religion question in there in the survey. And he was like, oh, yeah, that was an oversight. And it's, it's the fault of us of all being a bunch of godless Democrats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But because I'm actually really interested to see what, because like, it is absolutely the case that if you're an evangelical, if somebody says they're a Muslim or an atheist or a Mormon, that those would be red flags for you. And then if you're uh, other groups and somebody says they're an evangelical, that's obviously a, lot, a red flag for a lot of people. But I love the, they listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. Isn't that fun? I'm, I'm just looking at it here. So there is a gender gap on that one. Mm -hmm. So 55% of women said it's a red flag. Yeah. They listen to Joe Rogan, the other person. And then 35% of men said that. Do you think that's a red flag for women, Cowie? It's certainly a red flag for me. <laughs> I mean, he's connected to like a larger ecosphere, right? Or larger, mm -hmm. like he represents, he represents something mm -hmm. among like people that I know. Like you just, you, Rogan is like a stand-in for something much larger that is distasteful and a certain kind of person. Mm -hmm. Who, who likes him, yeah. And, and, and thinks that that's like, a good news source or references him or anything mm -hmm. that they think. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and certainly Jordan Peterson is an example of that as well. Yeah. And like, I, I have seen women talk about going on dates with a guy and they mentioned Jordan Peterson and they're like, and then my antennas went up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, Twitter is filled with stories about that. And you know what? The people tend to be correct. <laughs> yeah. Because well, like it tells you something about what they how that person views women, right? Right off the bat. Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it's also that the thing that is a real, I think, a big difference between the American left and the right is that people. There's a lot of people on who vote Democratic who they just do it because they like that's what they prefer, but they're not. They don't follow the news very much or they don't mm -hmm. 
like they're just not obsessed with it. They're not tuning in to cable and they're not reading news websites. They're just not super political, whereas Republican people tend to be very engaged with the news. And from what, like at least the ones that I know in my family, and they want to talk about it a lot more. And it's a lot more important to them. What's kind of ironic about what you're saying is that, and I was actually just, there was a tweet that I saw yesterday where someone had posted an exchange with a friend who had basically said, I don't think that we can be friends anymore. And the person, it was kind of a woe is me, poor me, sort of self-pitying tweet that this person had, they screenshotted this exchange they had with a friend who was like, I'm going to have to let our friendship lapse. I think we've just gone into in different directions. And I think that you've just gone off a cliff in terms of like your political opinions. Right. And this person was kind of saying like, I thought that we, and there was, they had said, Oh, I thought that our friendship could transcend politics and blah, blah, blah. And Tim pool, who would also be connected to this kind of larger manospheric type mm-hmm. of host had reposted it or, or quote tweeted it and said, oh, the problem with lefties is that they can't be friends across political lines because they don't have a strong enough sense of self or a strong enough sense of their thinking or something like that. And I see this a lot among conservatives where they complain about a friendship that's being dissolved or something because of their political opinions. I see it much less less coming from lefties. And I think that's, that has been my experience that it's people on the right complaining that the person on the left can't just leave politics out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, but that has, that does seem more true to me because one the idea that you can just take off your political goggles or that everything in life is political is just insane. It goes far beyond just who you pull the lever for. It tells me about your thinking. It tells me about how you see people. It tells me about how you judge people. It tells me about your empathy or lack thereof. And mm-hmm. yeah, so that stuff is not... So it's interesting that you say, oh, they're they're just so much more connected or they want to talk about it more because I, I, I think that there's this idea that like only people on the right are values voters and uh, everyone votes their values. And I do think that people on the left, that, that the reason why you keep hearing that complaint, particularly since the Trump years from people on the right, is that there is a much like there's a, there's a real disdain for people who are who have decided to pledge their allegiance to a, a right wing that is terrifying. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, statistically speaking, it is the case. When pollsters ask people, have you ended a friendship or a relationship because of politics? It is true that people who have more left-leaning views say that they've done it more. And I'm like, I, because I agree with you that like wanting to be a super fan of Donald Trump, like that says something bad about you. <laughs> now, or even just may- beyond being a super fan of Donald Trump, like there's a different, to pretend that the party that is, he sucks up all the air in the room for the whole party, mm-hmm. like to pretend that that party isn't what it is at this point, even if you're not a Trump super fan, but you're so voting uh, on the right, this I think they just speak with, like they're terrifying. Like I use that word because it's I mean it specifically. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just about being that you're just 
that you're all about Donald Trump. It's that the entire party at this point is mm-hmm. has a fucked up way of thinking and to hear them articulated is really scary for a lot of people because mm. it's kind of an eliminationist kind of like outlook. Yeah. And well, and it's also, knows, then that's the problem. Even if you say that you personally don't adhere to that stuff, it's a problem that you support that. Yeah. And like, and I, I definitely have had conversations with people who are family that they, some of them can like the rise of right-wing, I mean, much more overtly right-wing extremism. It has been a kind of a dividing line among Republican inclined people. And like some of my relatives have, like they understand that people feel very strongly about Trump and, and why they do. And so for them, like they don't like Democrats, but they're not going to support Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, so what I, they gained? I, what does that mean? They yeah, so, yeah, well, like, I mean, so like, I mean, my, I, well, a lot of my relatives are in Utah. And so Utah was the biggest state for Evan McMullen in 2016. He got like 20% of the vote or something like that for a lot of people. And like, because there is something that Mormons, because they were a, a persecuted minority, and it was like actually legal to kill a Mormon in yeah. Missouri up until the 70s. And so like they have some sense of what religious extremism looks like and that it's harmful to them specifically. So like it's and it's usually the ones that are more educated and know the history and where things came from. So like for them, so like some of my relatives have done that. Like they've said that look, I'm I don't I disagree with the Democrats on religion or abortion or whatever it is. But, you know, Trump is he's a wannabe dictator and he tried to overthrow the country. And like, I'm not going to vote for that. I'm not going to support that. But at the same time, there are a lot of Republicans out there who they don't want to look at that. They willingly look away from it. They know that Trump is the most malevolent president in American history. And they choose to support him anyway, because they agree with his policies, even if they think that he's unethical or violent or whatever it is, like he at least agrees with me on taxes and abortion. And it definitely weighs on me to see it. And it makes it hard to have conversations with them because. Yeah. They know. And, but like, that's the thing that I found though, is like, they're the ones that get upset, not me. And I like, they, they don't want to hear me say things about Trump because a lot of Republicans really have this idea that the critiques of him are they, and they have a meme for it. Orange man, bad. Like that's yeah. all, that's all Trump it is. Like, syndrome. Yeah. And, and the, the only thing that people don't like about him is mean tweets. And it's like, that's not true, but that's what they have to tell themselves. And, and, that and kind so, of but, unwillingness to critique, even among people who don't consider themselves say Trump diehards, but who are on the are located politically on the right. Like, I just I don't think that that is as true on the left. Like if if you want to have a conversation with me about, say, Bill Clinton, I think Bill Clinton is a scumbag and I'm very willing to talk about that. Like if I think mm-hmm. there's like a willingness on on 
I mean, I, we're using these such broad terms, right? And these are like, we're talking about like people and people are individuals. And so I'm, I'm kind of using this broad brushstroke. But mm. I think more generally, there's a willingness to sort of acknowledge that people who are on what I'm going to call right now the left, but I don't necessarily mean from the, from one on one end, just folks who vote democratically to people who actually would identify as leftists. Or, I, I think there's much more of a willingness to to be honest about the flaws of the worst of us. Yeah, well, and I think you look at, I mean, it's pretty clear. You look at the, during the revelations about Al Franken, yep. when John Conyers, and th- these were people who were big figures in the Democratic Party, and they were shoved out because they were credibly accused of, of, of sexually harassing or abusing women. And I yeah. mean, in Conyers' case, like, God, what he did was horrible and did it for years. And yeah, and then they got shown the door, whereas Trump, he got convicted in court of being a rapist, and that hasn't harmed him at all. Every indictment scores him another 5% approval. Yeah. Just and like, so, his, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, but the thing is, so like, for so back to the poll, though, like this, you know, you, you, you've got the majority of younger adults now who have been have been subjected to one traumatic thing after another by republicans and they hate them and like republicans don't understand that like they don't understand why they're hated it's like you guys literally don't care about children being shot in schools you actually say that it's good some people are going to die in order to have freedom like that's the cost and, of freedom, baby. <laughs> yeah. And it's like freedom isn't free. And, and then you wonder why people hate you. <laughs> you, you, you say things like you want to lock up people for being transgender. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say things like, but you want to make it so that only that religious freedom only applies to Christians. And then you wonder why atheists or Jews or Muslims don't like you. <laughs> and it's like, like they 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 just can't see it, and so but and so like it has given rise to this back to Rogan like this this small it's a minority of young and it's predominantly men, but it is cross racial because mm-hmm. like Gen Z is hugely Hispanic and much more Asian, and I mean the black population is pretty consistent across age groups slightly except for in the older groups where there are not as many black people because hey that's another (laughs) thing about uh, medical racism and and income inequality but like so it's a group that is much less white but you know nonetheless this this group of angry young men who like they do know that republicans are hated because they can't get a date and like and I've seen a lot of them be on 4chan or somewhere and like, yeah, when I'm on, I have to go on these dating apps and I always say I'm an independent because if I say I'm a Republican, then no woman will go out with me. And people like Jordan Peterson or Andrew Tate or some of these other guys, the fresh and fit guys, they'll, they, they know that that attitude exists. Tim Pool, as whom you mentioned, like they know that a lot of some, I, I mean, large not percentage wise, but like numerically, I mean, we got almost 300 million people in this country. So, mm-hmm. if, and so they know that people are 
are outraged and angry and then they tell them to not look inward but to blame everybody else right. for why like that's that is the kind of now the sort of core organizing principle for the republican electorate is we hate america basically <laughs> yeah um, yeah it's ironic and, to me that they've branded themselves as like the party of patriots and yet i've never seen a group of people who hate this fucking country more or at least that hate it in its current state who are always wistfully looking because because they're always looking backwards right so they're yeah. well the, but the thing they don't get though is that like people have never liked these ideas it depends on the idea but like the majority of like the vast majority of people when they when barry goldwater ran in 1964 on 180 proof right-wing anti-government mm -hmm. beliefs they were freaked out by it and they voted overwhelmingly against him and he lost the popular vote in one of the biggest you know landslides in history mm -hmm. And that was before the woke left and multiculturalism and all these little bugaboos that they invent for why people don't like them. Basically, the Republican Party got taken over by this cadre of well-funded people who hate their own country and then brainwash a bunch of people who don't know very much and manipulate them. And, and it's just getting worse over time because now with Trump sort of constantly being this presence of malignant, narcissist, anti-intellectual criminal in public life. Like it's, he's, he's rebuilding the Republican party in his image of criminality, of psychosis. And the Nazis on the 4chan Paul forum, like they refer to themselves as, and what they're doing is weaponized autism. Mm -hmm. That's what they call themselves. And, and it's just like, Weaponized you know, autism? Yeah, that's what they refer to their activism as. Um, oh, I yeah. was not. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, sorry. I, I had a moment where I was very surprised that I hadn't heard a term. Oh, yeah. Well, they no, And, and like, and I mean, Elon Musk, he I mean, he's spoken publicly that he has Asperger's syndrome. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, and, and, and you just see that over so much of right wing politics is people who are in very real need of some form of psychotherapy therapy. medication desperately in need of therapy yeah and, and and but they won't get it whether because of their religious views or they just have no knowledge of it yeah i think uh, there's just a sense that it's not the problem isn't me the problem is you yeah i mean well, it's a then, philosophy that is all about this kind of self-pitying this idea that they've somehow been misconstrued or misunderstood and therefore it's it's you're the problem. I don't need to go yeah. talk to someone. You're the problem. Yeah. Well, and like, and, and, the, and it really manifests like with this, and it is definitely, be, it's becoming a, a big problem for the younger Republican men. Like, and Republicans have pushed this narrative into the mainstream press through their uh, sort of loosely affiliated outlets like the Atlantic or some of the Washington Post columnists and whatever, like this idea of a crisis of masculinity. Yeah. But really what it is is actually a crisis of Republicanism and how they hate everyone. And it's just... <laughs> yeah. And it's coming to bear. Like, and, and young Republican men are bearing the brunt of it. And so, like, now, like, all this content that you see, like, they just rage against the idea of being friends with a woman or like being put in the friend zone. And like actually later today, 
I, I tried to, to apply for press credentials for it, but Barry Weiss, the conservative who says she isn't one, right. is hosting a, a debate, quote unquote, has the sexual revolution failed out here in L.A.? And it's like they they keep wanting to rehash these completely ridiculous topics that have been settled literally Decades ago, decade. generations ago, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like the Barbie movie, I thought was kind of a, it was it was interesting and as sort of a, a demarcator for them, because Barbie just as a whole is originally is kind of like the, the is conservative feminism, in some sense, like the the doll of Barbie, right? Uh, and because she's capitalist, but she also has jobs, she doesn't as a doll. She's always marketed with Ken, like she's, she's willing to only go so far, but even that was too much for some right-wing media commentators like Ben Shapiro. They just raged at the existence <laughs> of, yeah. of, of this movie. And, and I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I, I was waiting for it to come out on Too. TV. Yeah. So well, apparently- I was going to do a day of, of seeing, of maybe doing a Barbie Benheimer or whatever, but yeah, I haven't seen it yet. But they have a complete misunderstanding. Like Shapiro came out and said he thought the movie was going to just absolutely go down in flames, right? Like it's a little more of the it's it's he was of the kind of he basically was like go woke go broke, right? That kind of nonsense. And like I, I think they do have a misunderstanding of like you're saying they they know that people don't like them, but they they. I think they badly miscalculated just how much so and how out of touch they are. I mean, it's, it's that movie was then wildly popular, right? I mean, we could go and we just had this conversation the last time we talked about their inability to sort of tap into a certain kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it cool for lack of a better term, but kind of relevant, um, mm -hmm. influential, culture right like art and culture and in a, in a way that like that that people uh, the zeitgeist right and they just like are mm -hmm. not part of that and they because they so badly miscalculate they miss the target on yeah what that is and how to replicate it and how to be part of it and mm -hmm. understanding what what resonates with people and why and why they aren't among it yeah, yeah well and a lot of it is it comes to the I mean, the core principle that they believe in is is that hierarchy is good. Yes. Like yes. that is the core principle of all. That is what they want to conserve. Yes. Yes, and so and but the reality is, like, if you are like being a creative person, being artistic, you have to go against those things. The whole point of creating whatever it is that you make, whether it's articles or. TV or music or whatever it is, like you're trying to speak to the moment that you live in and just recycling some old stuff that it's it doesn't work for you as a creative person. And that's um, why, for example, I think that there was that period when the alt-right was kind of at its zenith, I think, and they mm -hmm. were really pushing the idea that there was that liberalism or leftism or anything that wasn't that they were pushing this new edgy thing and it's like there's nothing transgressive about saying the exact same fucking white supremacist sexist nonsense <laughs> as ever like you are not you are mm -hmm. not on the on any kind of new 
edge of anything and the idea that this is the new I mean I really resented the idea that this they were somehow the new punk rock I really really <laughs> like that particularly pissed me off but also mm-hmm. just that they even saw themselves in that way that they thought they were forging some new things and like forget the leftism kids that's the old stuff this is where the new edginess lives like hey it was like it's submitting just, to it's so religion incredibly <laughs> to me and like just the there was a real lack of self-awareness, I think. Yeah. People oh, yeah. Well, and that was an indicator of it. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's so absurd. Like, our philosophy of submitting to business and religion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the rebellious thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, I have uh, this new cool drug called capitalism, kids. Have you tried it? Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah. And so they, they just don't get it. But uh, at the same time, like, I mean, one of the other things that I've been looking at and is another poll that came out about so-called unlikely voters, which is people who are either not registered to vote or they're registered, but they haven't voted in a long time. And they say they're not going to vote. And so Suffolk University, they haven't done it since 2012, if I remember right. Hmm. And But they, they came back to it this year and they released a survey. And, and like, so this is a group of people who tend to be disproportionately racial minorities, a lot more Hispanics than the regular American citizen population, more black than average, uh, definitely a lot less educated than average. And they asked people, well, if you were going to vote, who would you vote for? Mm -hmm. And if the candidates were Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. And it was still, I mean, the the numbers are, are low, but Trump had 32% of this population and Joe Biden had 13%. Yeah. And then there was there was 27% said they would vote for somebody else other than those two. And like that's it's it's something that Democrats and people on the left really they this is this is actually a reversal because when when they did the survey in 2012 Obama was the preferred candidate over Mitt Romney in that survey. And so there there was like, there is a real discontent out there among a lot of people. They feel disconnected by our political system and they don't feel like they're being listened to. And, and like, and you see that also in, in, in the, the teen Vogue change research poll that people just feel like that nobody is paying attention to them. And, and and part of it, I mean, and I will say, like, the Republican Party, they have decided that as younger people are coming up who are not religious or not less, less likely to be white and much further left politically, that their goal is to make people disenchanted and to make and push this idea that both parties are entirely the same. And like Democrats, obviously, I'm not going to say they're the best, best thing ever, but, you know, like if your choice, not. no, yeah, spoiler alert, right? But that narrative, both parties are the same, manifestly is going to favor the anti-democratic party when you could get down to it. Like, And I was talking on my Theory of Change podcast with Naomi Banks, who's a, a, a black former adult film actress and just about her political views. And she was like, oh, I never voted until Obama came along because I always just felt like that there was nothing for me and nobody was talking to me. And I think a lot of people who are Democrats, they didn't understand that 
a lot of people voted for um, Obama just because he was different from the other. I mean, obviously, the first major real chance candidate who was not white. Yeah. And a lot of people actually didn't even vote for him the second time because they're like, well, yeah, he got in there and I helped him. I'm good now. <laughs> and like, I, that's, it's not a good attitude. Uh, but, but don't you think but, that's the calculation that someone like Stacey Abrams made and said, look, there are all these, the Democratic Party is so focused on trying to win back these voters, voters who turned their back on the party two generations ago. What, why don't we, instead of expending our energy on trying to get these quote unquote white working class voters to vote for us, why don't we instead galvanize a, a group of people who have felt left out, who have felt like it, politics doesn't mm-hmm. speak to or for them. Let's energize those people and get them to the polls. And I think that that's what she did in Georgia that, that at least, I don't know how we're going to look for the upcoming her, but election, yeah. but but I think that was a, I think that yeah. was a, something that she recognized. Like, if anything, I think that people in this poll who haven't maybe like I think there there's a long-standing feeling among black folks that they're not represented by politicians that they're not being spoken to that, that that they've been kind of left out and which is why I think I wish Democrats did more to, uh, to reach out to those to that community and when you do I think that it makes a real difference in terms of getting mm-hmm. people motivated so that they act yeah, well, no, I, I agree with you. And that's actually why I'm bringing it up in this context. People, a lot of Democratic consultants had this idea that as America had more Hispanic immigrants and Asian immigrants coming in, that it was going to make Democratic inevitable, majorities yeah, yeah. inevitable. But what's happened is that these, particularly the Hispanic immigrants, they just are not voting because nobody's talking to them and mm-hmm. nobody's asking, well, what do you want? Or, and they're reducing Hispanic civic concerns to immigration. Like there is plenty of Hispanic people who have no connection to the immigration system. None of their relatives are trying to come here. Like they're not concerned about it. It's not a thing for them. And it, I, I find it so appalling in a lot of Democratic presidential primary debates they'll have a white moderator and a black moderator or some non-Hispanic moderators as their people to asking the questions. And then they'll bring out somebody from Univision or Telemundo and be like, okay, here's a Mexican to ask you a question about immigration. And then they ask the question and then they leave the stage. And that's so offensive. And you can't even see that that's offensive. And and like they just I I feel like they they're doing stuff like this. And so I don't I don't blame these unlikely voters for feeling not listened to and and not valued. I mean, at the same time, it is the case that Biden has put in a number of progressive policies. Mm -hmm. He absolutely deserves credit for that. And people and like the White House people have expressed frustration that people are not aware of some of these things like student loan forgiveness efforts and pausing and a lot of this environmental spending which is being really helping create jobs and things like that but it's like you're the ones who need to have the responsibility to get done it of getting the message out yeah yeah it's not your the the mainstream media isn't your servants they're not there for you like they're there as a business it's like literally they're trying to make money they don't care about pushing your message out and you need to get over that like they're not your friends 
it's your responsibility and you can whine that the media is not doing it, but you got to fucking do something at the end of the day other than complain about it. And they're not. And like, I, I mean, it's, yeah, like I, I, I hope that people who are democratic donors and consultants are really looking at that Suffolk poll because it's, it's really, really important, especially because the right wing is also trying to push this sort of ludicrous left Glenn Greenwald or Jimmy Dore types mm-hmm. out there to, to like push them to young, young left leaning people and being like, this is who you need to listen to. Um, right. And it's just the self-destructive fan fiction leftism is what yeah. it is. I mean, it's very, it, it makes me think of hello, fellow kids. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So in case anyone has missed it, Lauren Boebert, who is obviously a rep from Colorado, was apparently had to be removed from a performance of the Beetlejuice musical this weekend and yeah. they basically they're they said that she was kind of was being loud and was making noise and was acting out of order and interrupting the performance and so they they're recording they really it came over yeah. and got her and said hey you got to get out of here but yeah. it was it, it felt like that that scans that immediately sort of <laughs> made sense and it's yeah, and it's fun. The Denver area uh, media, they obtained the surveillance videos from multiple camera angles. And you can see her being escorted out. And it's just, it is funny to see it. And and it's just like, yeah, like these, I mean, these people, they 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 talk about how everyone else feels entitled. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen uh, a more entitled group of people. I mean, this is the thing that let, just, I was trying to imagine, because I what I wished was that there was actual video of how she had been behaving (laughs) right but i would just love to see her belligerence on full display it was too bad that it wasn't captured on film yeah yeah well i was i was pleasantly surprised though that she didn't try to claim that it was some sort of political persecution but, yeah yeah that the, uh, that the i was shocked by that her. yeah 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 that the, the cancel culture got me <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> or whatever it was but and and I, I guess i haven't followed the reaction to it too much like have has it have people on the right wing been upset about it at all or have you seen anything on that i haven't really seen any kind of yeah i haven't seen any outrage about it well, but also just she copped to it weirdly like, yeah, not only did she not say she was being attacked, she was like, yeah, I plead guilty to, you know, singing and laughing and playing and along. I didn't, like, I didn't know I couldn't take a photo. Horrible. Yeah. And I couldn't take I didn't know you can't take a photo. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like, literally one of the when you go to a play, like anyone will tell you they do a series of announcements. And one of them is like, no flash photography, no blah, blah, blah. Turn off your cell phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not even supposed to have your phone on much less less like taking pictures while you're in the crowd. It just means that she just ignored them. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm, I'm tempted to think that maybe this is a bright spot actually in our political dialogue. And that it might be that people are just getting sick of this woman and her idiocy, but I don't want to be too. Optimistic. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, she barely won her election last time and it would be nice if she goes down this time so but yeah great all right well 
I think that will do it for this episode. Yeah. Great talking as always. Yeah. All right. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh